0: What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel Podcast. Um, today's episode is actually going to be a break from the main series that we're doing, how to build a prof- how to profitably build a cult like attention around your uh, a popular opinion in the cancel culture era. This is actually going to be a continuation of an episode that I did in the past called "A Weak Man." In um, this episode, I'm literally going to be talking about well, a weak man. Um, I want to explain, you know, give you some context before this episode. Before I get get into it, you know, uh, I feel like as a man in this world or as someone who's defined by their masculine energy, whether you're a woman or a guy, um, there is a true north that we should be headed to. You know, there is an optimal way of being as a guy. You know, I think it's promoted so often that we can be whoever we want and we should be able to do whatever we want. And, you know, our personality is set and static and it's our personality. But I think, you know, first and foremost, I do want to say a lot of times who we behave as is 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 less about who we are and more about how we've been treated you know more than anything and the person that you think you are is not actually who you are and that you're really just fighting you know your own demons that are keeping you from accepting who you are like there's a true north in terms of ways of being that we all should be headed to is what i'm saying um there is an optimal personality type there is an optimal way of being um like as a guy, a lot of a lot of people, you know, I say ways of being because a lot of people think they don't have to be, and, and this is—I I, want to make clear this is for if you want success. Like I'm, I'm a proponent of you being whoever the hell you want to be. It would be me canceling you to say you shouldn't be who you want to be. You should be whoever you want to be. But I'm saying if you want success in, in you know love and dating and romantics and, and career and things like that, I think there is an optimal way of being. Um, now, you know, like a lot of people have you know ate up the promotion that oh people don't love you for your money as a guy you don't have to be rich well if you want you know an optimal and fulfilling life as a guy I think you do have to be rich you know I think the idea that we don't have to be rich is dumb you know um people think oh well if you I don't know what what else do people think um you can be timid you can be meek you know what I'm saying I, I think you know if you want success and you know in love and things like that you don't you you got to discard those things you got rid of them and i want to go back to my prior statement people think being an introvert and being meek is is which introversion is really just explaining the ways that you know you you intake energy it's not about how you act in public it's not about a behavior set it's about what results when you when you are social you know are your bad is your battery charged from socializing or is it drained from socializing but um you know, I, like I said, I want to go back to that earlier quote that I gave, like, for example, being meek and timid and shy. That's a result of how you were treated as opposed to who you are. You know, I made an episode a while back. I don't remember what it was called, but it's like three four episodes back about growing up timid and growing up shy and thinking that being charismatic was genetic and thinking about thinking that being shy was genetic. When really it's just, okay, maybe you got told to shut the hell up a little few, few, you know, a few too many times as a kid. And now you've developed, you know, some, you know, reclusive activity, you know, reclusive behavior, uh, reclusive behaviors. Um, you know, maybe, you know, you've been traumatized or bullied in school. And, you know, a lot of people who are shy, they think what they have to say is just not worth hearing or they, they like they, they anticipate the joke they're about to deliver is just not going to hit like that. Like there is is it's a fear blocking them. That's not who they are. They're just too scared to step up and accept their extroversion, accept who they are, accept their, you know, what I'm saying their their swag, their sauce, their charisma. Um, so that's that's something to think about as we hit, head in this episode. So, you know, even that idea is oh, this is who I am. I'm going to be who I am. Uh, first off, I want I want you to question whether who you are is actually who you are. And secondly, I want to propose that, you know, um. You know, there is an optimal way of being. There is an optimal person that you should be. Um, You know, like the characters from the movie, like Daniel Craig and James Bond. Like, you should probably be more like that. You know what I'm saying? If you're, you know, going for masculine, you have to optimize for what you are. Staying in the middle ground is, 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 is not going to give you anything. And society gives you a blueprint. Like, it gives you a literal map on how to get there because you'll get in relationships and there'll be a lot of pain. There'll be a lot of arguing. There'll be a lot of back and forth. You know, it's just like if you play sports, there's going to be a lot of pain until you're doing the techniques right, until you're running the ball appropriately or shooting the ball appropriately. There's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of yelling at you by your coach, but a lot of losses, you know, how you're treating a relationship is literally a map to this personality type. And that's why I'm so convinced that, yeah, there is an optimal personality type. Everything in life is primed to guide us to what is optimal, uh, you know, as defined by society and what's optimal as defined by society is going to, you know bring you the most success This is going to be a kind of kind of ranty episode you know um you know a lot of people you know use that oh i am who i am this is my personality i can be who i want to to just live the sub subdued life because they're scared of accepting who they are they're scared of because the scary thing they're scared to take on the pain to grow you know i was talking to my girlfriend in the car last night and about personalities and ways of being when i said that you know uh You know, how you behave is more a symptom of how you've been treated as opposed to who you are. And the example I gave is, like, people say, oh, I am who I am. The example I gave around that is that things like being a bigger person, being obese, for example, um, being poor, you know. People, you know, if, if these things were as intangible and not as, you know, not visual like personality is, people would say, oh, that's just the way I am too, you know. But the fact that you can see people go from poor to rich the fact that you can see people in real life um, go from you know big to small unfit to fit if these things were completely invisible people would probably say okay this is like that's why personality people think it because personality is not something that you can see change i mean sure you can see an incel be cool but people never really think about that like it's harder to track and so that's why they think personality is genetic. Oh, this is the way I am. You know what I'm saying? A lot of poor people do think, mm, this is the way I am. This is the way I'm born. It's a static factor. It's a static variable. I can't change it. You know, and, and and that's not true about anything in life. I think personality is the thing that you can change. And like I said, I would also offer to you that personality is not you. You know what I'm saying? Your personality is not you. That's, that's the way that you've been taught to behave by being smacked around too much. Um... You know, that's a little bit of what I'm talking about in this episode, you know, it, you know, to be masculine is, it it means something, you know what I'm saying, just like to be feminine, it means something, and those two qualities are not, I want to, I want to highlight this, are not inherent to gender, you know what I'm saying, if you're a woman, you can be masculine, you know what I'm saying, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a guy, you can be feminine, you know what I'm saying, but I think to know where you're headed and optimize for what it is that you want. Because if you're, you know what I'm saying, a guy and you wanna date women, you're gonna have to head to the polar north of masculine of masculinity. You know what I'm saying? If you're a woman and you wanna date women, you're gonna have to head to the polar, you know, type of masculinity. I'm I'm saying I think, you know, there's an optimal way of being that you should consider if you want a particular result out of your life. Otherwise be who you are. And so I'm gonna go into why I think that and stop you know, ranting around. Okay. Um, I remember, you know, thinking that I remember jogging up and down the stairs, right? This summertime. You know, and I've told this story before, but it is such a profound story to me. I remember, you know, at this particular time, um, you know, I was working in my ghostwriting business, making a, l- a little bit of change. You know, I only made ever made like four thousand, five thousand max in a business, so really a really little bit of change. But uh you know, I remember feeling like I was lost in a sea of businesses. You know what I mean? Like you ever feel like the message in the business that you're promoting, and you're putting out, is just one of many. It's just getting lost in in the ether and people just see you as all oh, this is just another guy talking on the internet this is just another business coach this is just another, this another I felt like a lot of like that and I didn't want to be like the people I've seen on my timeline. I wanted to stand out I wanted to be unique I wanted to be one of one and so you know at that particular time I was going tearing through books you know that had been recommended to me by the people that I was following Stephen Larson and Russell Brunson and just listening and trying to find a way like how is it that people actually make their messages and their ideas and their businesses unique and heard and treated as such, you know, and in that process of searching for that, for that answer, I came across the book Zero to One. Zero to One probably is the most amazing, one of the most amazing books alongside like the expert secrets and things like that, that I've ever read to this very date. Man, I remember running up and, and this, this, this was one of the pivotal Ideas in the book that made it so that I'm explaining this podcast called the power law, which I've talked about on this podcast before I remember I was jogging up and down a staircase because I used to work out, you know, pretty, you know, pretty rarely Seldomly, I'd say but I would jog up and down a staircase doing like a jog I really sprint to the top and then I would, you know, walk down to the bottom And so this was like on the tail end of last summer, which seems weird to say because it was almost like yesterday But, you know, that staircase used to get hot. You know, it used to be, like, the hyperbolic time chamber in that motherfucker. Like, you know, so this was another one of those days. You know, the sun was, you know, nearly setting. um, But, like, not even touching the horizon yet. You know, it's hard to explain. Like, it was, like, at a, you know, like, a summer 7 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, the sun not setting. It's right there, but it's getting there. So, it's a big ball of orange on the horizon. You know the staircase is like it's like six flights of stairs, pretty narrow staircase, white walls, but uh, you know, on you know when you're ascending the stairs, the wall that you're ascending towards is because it goes in a zigzag. Like you ascend up, uh, you know, a, a small patch of stairs. You make a left, you ascend up another one. You make a left, you ascend you ascend up another one. You make a left and a, like two lefts. You know what I mean? Like like a staircase that like a spiral staircase, but like. <laughs> like like a square like just not a circular spiral <laughs> you know what I mean? like like a regular apartment staircase people you know what i'm talking about don't don't make fun of me but uh when you're ascending up the staircase you know there on on one side there's a big window and so as i'm running up i'm looking at the window and going up each level and so the sun's burning my face and i'm looking at the sun but i'm also looking at the city going up the staircase Exercise. And as you, know, as you ascend, obviously, you get higher and higher. You're able to see higher above each building. And you know, at the top of the staircase, you can actually see in a far distance the Hollywood Hills um, and the Hollywood sign. And you know the rest of the city, you can see the beach, you can see Santa Monica. You can see everything from the staircase. It's a beautiful place. Um, and so I'm watching the city, the sunset over the city as I'm running up this staircase. And I'm just listening to Zero to One by Peter Thiel. At that particular point in time, I had probably been hitting the staircase, although seldomly, you know, a fair amount uh, in that particular cluster of time, you know, of, of weeks or days. And so I was probably doing about 10 laps on this six six story staircase. But, uh, you know, even even though I was doing 10 laps, it's a pretty tedious process around five. And I would imagine if I go back to this point in time, because I'm just gauging through pure memory how exhausted I was, I was probably gone seven or eight. And I was struggling to get to the top of the staircase, but you know i was I was inspired by the book and by the by the city, and it was just a swirl of appropriate events and but the main point I'm bringing to you is i, I was I was going to the staircase and <laughs> I was listening to zero to one by Peter Thiel. and for the last few days running up the staircase, this book was blowing my mind over and over and over and over again and uh you know the this was the icing on the cake man I came to this chapter, I don't remember the chapter what what the chapter was called. Let me actually look it up for you, because I I think these details that I'm bringing are important. Uh, What app do I use to listen to books? Probably Audible. Okay, they turned me off because I was looking uh, for the chapter. But I'm actually going to go to Google and try to find it now, so I can actually talk while I'm looking for it. Zero to one chapters. Chapters. Uh, I'm looking at the chapter list. I can't even tell which chapter it was. Uh, it's probably chapter 40 ideology of competition that's what it probably is uh probably i would assume so um but i got to that chapter and in that chapter he's explaining uh a principle you know called the power law and um this is one of the quotes and stories that he gave essentially to define what the power law was um yeah, there are two stories. I'm li- I'm looking at a Forbes article right now. The first one is he said in 1906, economic- ec- economist Vilfredo uh, Pareto discovered that that became that which became the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule, because the 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 power law is essentially the 80-20 rule. But as applied to reality, and as a rule of reality, when he noticed that 20 percent of the people owned 80 percent of the land in Italy. Okay, a phenomenon that he found just as natural as the fact that 20% of the pea pods in his garden produced 80% of the peas. This extraordinarily stark pattern in which a small few radically outstrip all rivals surround us everywhere in the natural world and social world. The most destructive earthquakes are many times more powerful than all the smaller earthquakes combined. The biggest cities dwarf all mere towns put together, And monopoly, and monopoly, by which he means extraordinary and therefore market-dominant, Businesses capture more value than millions of undifferentiated competitors. Whatever Einstein did or didn't say, the power law, so named because exponential equations describe severely unequal distributions, is the law of the universe. Not just with business, but the law of the universe. It defines our surroundings so completely that we usually don't even see it. This chapter shows how the power law becomes visible when you follow the money. In venture capital, where investors try to profit from exponential growth in early stage companies a few companies attain exponentially greater value than all others we don't live in a normal world we live under a power law uh here's a here's another you know excerpt about it i don't know what it says this is the biggest secret in venture capital is that the best investment is a successful fund and a successful funds equals and then, now check this out the biggest secret in venture capital is that the best investment in a successful fund equals or outperforms the entire rest of the fund combined This implies two very strange rules for VCs. First, only invest in companies that have the potential to return the value of the entire fund. This is a scary rule because it eliminates the vast majority of possible investments. Um, Even quite successful companies usually succeed on a more humble scale. This leads to rule number two. Because rule number one is so restrictive, there can't be any other rules. Okay, so essentially what this guy is saying is we live in a world of monopolies. You know within industries which within life, within nature uh small minorities often you know um, uh outperform uh small minorities often reap uh exponential results as compared to the rest of you know uh the rest of their category. You know, so small individuals, the, the largest earthquakes reap exponential results compared to, you know, like they're exponentially bigger than all other earthquakes combined, the rest of their category. Um, the biggest businesses, which I thought before this, that the biggest businesses in this particular industry were all pretty neck and neck. Like I thought like the top 10 would be like, OK, they're kind of equivalent. But what he's describing is that the biggest businesses far outcompete the second place and the third place you know, by massive margins, and the same is true for, for, for people, the same is true across, you know, the world as a whole, regardless of category, regardless of idea, regardless of industry, okay, is what he, what he was describing, and I remember it blew my mind, because I started looking up, like, companies, like, you know, I thought Dunkin' and, in Starbucks were, like, kind of close, like, but they're not, I thought McDonald's and Wendy's and, in Burger King were kind of close, but they're not, you, like, you'll think a lot of, like, there's an illusion that, uh, companies are, are competitive, but they're really not. And then when you look at like the automotive industry, like Tesla being, you know, multiple times more valuable than the second place in Toyota, uh, you realize, OK, this power law is something serious. We we we, we do live in a world of monopolies. Um, but I think, you know, whereas people limit this idea and apply it to business, you know, it, it, it you know, it applies to everything around the board and that's a fact that you can't circumvent um and so throughout the summer i started just playing with this idea but it wasn't until recently i started applying this idea to 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 life and our performance and personality you know um and similarly to you know to how there's you know even if you think of personality just personality as a core uh you know, and they have the 16 personality types, which aren't rooted in hard science, but it's the best example I have. You know, supposedly, uh, according to these sites that, you know, determine what your personality are, um, you think of, like, you know, like, the, like, the personalities in the world aren't evenly distributed. You know, like, INFJ is, like, point, like, like 1% of the society. Whereas, like, the most popular personality type, which I don't have it offhand, is like 70%. It defines 70% of people or 80% of people. A vast majority of people are one personality type, you know? And so, what I'm proposing, you know, there's, there's a monopoly on on, on which personality is, is, you know, on personality. <laughs> it's like, which personality is the most prevalent? You know, is this one personality, you know? And so, what I'm suggesting in this podcast, so, is that the power law applies even to ways of being. Okay, you know, in terms of success, a singular way of being, I believe, reaps disproportionate results compared to all others. And what I'm saying is that as a a masculine figure, you know, there is a there is a true north. You have to head to the personality type that reaps disproportionate success. You have to head to not, not the personality type. You have to head to the way of being that reaps disproportionate success. You understand what I'm saying? Like there is a way of being that 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 just crushes it in everything. You know, I think if you even look at CEOs now, I can't prove this. Don't follow this dogmatically. This is just what I believe. You know, and this is just you know consistent with the findings of people who are, you know, on you know who are who who study this type of stuff. Okay, the experts, as these articles always say. <laughs> you know, there are I, I believe there are. Um, You know, even think like successful women, you know, a small minority of guys have far greater success with, with dating and love and marriage than all of the guys combined. You know, think about like, you know, you can, you can measure this pretty easily. Think of like a a, a microcosm of, of life, you know, a microcosm of society, school. Now, if you think about school, the cool kids got more girls than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? They had far more success in dating, far more success in life, far more success in sports, far more success in, in, in let's just stick to the one vertical, in dating than anybody else. They got more girls. They probably ate like 10 girls, 20 girls, 30 girls in their four years of being in school as opposed to the rest of the average population. that dated like one or two or zero. You understand what I'm saying? Um, If you look at business, I think, you know, a lot of business CEOs, the billionaires particularly, who reap more success than anybody else, are kind of like in their personality, very similar. I think they're very similar people. And I think, you know, whereas a lot of people believe they were born this way, I think they just kind of follow follow the, the roadmap that was provided to them by life. If you do the wrong thing in life, if you're not proceeding to your true north, if you're not proceeding to your, your optimal way of being, you face pain. You know, think about the things that you do. And, like, you can't just decide what is cool. You can't just decide what is masculine. You can't just decide what is being a man. Life has already decided for you. They decided. Life has already judged for you that there is an optimal path and there is no other way of being. And... I think, like I said, I think a lot of people ignore this factor, and they they think they can decide, you know, who they want to be. Like they think they can. Oh, well, I don't. I, you know, they think they think they think life is is based on what they want. Okay, you can be whoever you want. You know what I am saying? And the world revolves around who you want to be. You know, like oh, I can I can, be you know, a a a fat guy and sit on a couch and not work, and my wife should still love me. But guess what? how many of those guys stay in their marriage? How many of those guys don't get cheated on? How many of those guys don't get left? Rightfully so. Who, who wants to be with you? You know, that might seem mean, but like, truthfully speaking, who wants to be with you? And what, like, and that's another thing people never think about. Like, why is it that someone want to be with you? Why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Have you provided a real adequate reason? People should love me for me. That's what you want. But that's not the, that's not the truth of life people want an optimal there's an optimal way of being that people want there's an optimal way of being that success gravitates to that's why you go through these business journeys and business if you if you if you've been trying to to build a business in any capacity you'll learn quickly that business favors a particular set of qualities in an individual and if you aren't those qualities, it'll burn you bad over and over and over and over again until you learn and adapt those, uh, adopt those qualities and become the type of person that can actually wield the power of the business that you want. Like for a lot of my life, I, I, I was uh, trying to build business from a lower paradigm. I was trying to build business uh, from a scarcity mindset, you know, and I was, I was, you know, in, in a lot of what I did. I hope I'm making sense in this episode. This is kind of like off the cuff. A lot of what I did took the shape of my fear. You know, one of the biggest feelings that hovered above me was a shame that I was poor getting older, a shame that I even came from poverty, a shame that I didn't have enough money to take care of my girlfriend and provide the people around me, friends and family gifts and things like that. A lot of shame came from these situations. And so you would see my campaigns take the shape of this fear. And so I would launch like one day campaigns before a birthday or before an event or before graduation. So I had money for those days, but I never have money for those days because campaigns don't, don't, they don't work if they're one day campaigns, campaigns are like 30, 60, 90 day events, you know, and they're built that way because that's how long it's going to take to take in customer and, and warm them up to the idea of purchasing a product. But you're unable to see that reality when when you're you're living by fear, when everything in your business is taking the shape of this fear, nothing will work and you'll remain poor and you'll be trapped in that hellish cycle of being poor in 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 reinforcing the fact that you're poor by doing things that poor people do. Like (laughs) it's hard to explain, but like this is a much longer episode than it should be Um I mean, this, this should be a much longer episode We're going into that portion Like, <laughs> I'm just going everywhere with this I know but you just kind of got to feel me like um, what business has taught me is to, is to it, you know it, I would never you know with, with guided by fear and therefore having my my campaigns and, and the ways I facilitate business take the shape of that fearful with scarcity minded paradigm Um. you know I would have I never had a success it would have just been pain and a long painful path and so essentially being burned for 4 years straight back to back to back i eventually learned like okay i have to accept myself i have to not be fear oriented you know fear is the you know is a great inhibition scarcity because you just want all the resources you just want to live you just want to survive you just want to look cool is a great in, you know inhibitor of empathy and one of the biggest things that i think you need to succeed in business is empathy because it's all about solving someone else's problem if you can understand what their problems are which requires empathy Then you can deliver them a valuable solution and get paid for that. And if you lack, you know, if you are fearful all the time and you are scarcity minded, you are only thinking about yourself. This is this is an oxymoron. It's paradoxical, and so you'll go through failure after failure after failure after failure, like me, until you learn that okay, I have to accept myself and I have to put other people before me. I have to be comfortable in this situation. It's like a sport. If you are scarcity minded, if you are fearful, fearful. Um, you're not going to pull the trigger in the clutch moments where it really matters. You're going to freeze up. You're going to be stiff. You know, um, this is accumulation of all the podcasts that I made. So go back and listen to these episodes. I'm, I discussed all this um, in those episodes. But, um, so business will hammer that out of you. It'll hammer these negative qualities out of you. It'll hammer these, hammer these false beliefs out of you. And it'll force you into an optimal way of being. Okay? Dating... You'll go in a club over and over and over again. If you're timid and meek with your approach, you're not going home with anybody. You're not getting anyone's number. No one will like you. If you're not, you know, charismatic, if you're not funny, if you're not, you know, first off, you're not, because there are a lot of principles between business and dating and pickup and all these things that overlap. Um, I think a lot of these principles, most, many of them might be the exact same. Um, You know, that's why a lot of, I think a lot of, people feel like girls go after wealthy men well the fact of the matter is business if trying to pick up girls off the street didn't do it business hammered them into an optimal way of being that's what you don't understand the you know most of these principles uh the optimal way of being for for a business owner or somebody that's wealthy is the exact same as somebody that's dating most of the time Somebody that's trying to be romantically involved somebody that's trying to have love they're like they're almost the exact same journey so you're going to this club and you think you you can just be whoever you want. You can just be yourself and approach this person and and they'll like you and or you can be who you want. You can be introvert and stay against the wall and someone to approach you. You'll never have any success. You know there is an optimal way of being. There is a you know for 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 men and for women. Um, but like I said, I want to stay stay away from that because I do want to respect people in this podcast. People think oh, cancel culture is like all these different, no, I want to be respectful of people, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I do want to show people love, and not, you know what I'm saying, diss people when I have the opportunity, I'm not a negative guy, I'm not for negativity, Um. and so masculine and, and femininity, you know what I'm saying, I think they do have true norths, you know, Um. now if you're somebody that's like non-binary, um, which I don't even want to get into all of this on the podcast, because This is not the stuff I like to talk about, but I want to show respect to people and give them the nod. You know what I'm saying? These aren't topics that I'm going to go over or touch in any capacity. This is not going to be a political podcast, guys. Sorry. But I do want to give people the nod because I know y'all exist. And uh, I want to show y'all love and respect because that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? People in society might want to not want to hear from y'all. They might not like y'all. They might like, not not like y'all the ways of thinking. They might think it's cancel culture. Y'all are the ones that's canceling people. But that'd be on that be not, like to deny your existence would be me canceling you. So for non binary people, uh, I don't know what this data means, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't you know, I haven't studied or immersed myself in in, in your ways of being or your lifestyle. Uh enough to determine how this applies to you uh so yeah i i I do want to say that i mean this is not a completely comprehensive breakdown but i'm just saying generally you know uh as a general guide you know everything has outliers everything has holes in these theories but as a general guideline i think there are true norths that we have to follow and we think that you know we can be whoever we want and still have success in the areas in which we want um, and I just don't think that's true and so that's pretty much this episode uh, I do want to say man, I, guys been been doing a summit, y'all probably already heard about the summit if you haven't, the www.survivingthecancel.com I took 15 to 30 speakers, highly wealthy highly influential and asked them how they build social movements or how they would build social movements if they were cancelled um, essentially, if they lost their entire network, if they lost it all, how would they take the ideas that they were canceled for and make them popular? Make people believe in them to the to you know to the point where they could survive the cancel and retain their wealth and retain their business and retain their influence? They would replace their audience with a whole new crop of people that actually believed in what they were canceled for. Um, how would they pr- you know pull the reverse Uno? And if you want to listen to those interviews uh, that I did with these people, this summit, it's at SurvivingTheCancel dot com. Um, I do also want to say because I'm on 2% battery on March 10th and starting March 10th and going every day, I'm going to be going live. The live link is going to be in the description below. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go live every day and have conversations with the people that are on this pod, who are listeners of this podcast. So you can come on the live, you can hop on live and you can talk to me about anything that you want under the sun. Um, I just don't want it to be negative or, you know, anything like that. But you can talk to me about anything you want under the sun Because I want to get close to y'all I want to talk to y'all And I'm going to post our conversations on this podcast For other people to listen to So if you have something to say There will be a link below And on March 10th I'll go live 10pm Pacific time It'll be pretty late at night for those on the east coast 10pm Pacific time You can hop on From from March 10th on it'll probably be every day And uh, I'll wait like 10 minutes in the lobby If no one jumps on I'm logging off But uh 10 p.m pacific time every day hop on have a conversation with me and you'll have you'll be able to have your voice and your conversation your ideas posted on the podcast um because i really want to talk to you close to y'all and so the link for that would be in the bio i look forward to speaking and I, I really want to get closer to people in this podcast so surviving to cancel.com if you want to live talk to me live uh comment down below i mean it'll, it'll it'll be down below but i also want to also say before i hang this up rate Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast or no matter what platform you're on because that helps a ton. Anyhow, this is Dallas from survivingthecancel.com. No, this is Dallas from the Surviving To Cancel podcast, and I appreciate you for actually listening to this episode. It means a ton to me. Thank you. I'll see you in the next one where we continue the series.